Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 362. And it's our first actual guest of 2021. How are you all doing, man? Are you all holding up okay? Weird times, eh? <laughs> all over the globe, everywhere. I think a lot of people expected that that hand to to strike midnight on the last minutes of 2020 and things to change but um that ain't that ain't the case i'm afraid so i hope you're holding up okay podcasts are a good thing in these times so i'm glad you're here if you need more we've put out 360 odd as you just heard all the love for last week's films of the year podcast thank you very much and tv shows of the year and one of the tv shows that was in the running for tv shows of the year but as i explained in the podcast i only included stuff that was already out in the UK, but it's a series called The Great, which is one of the things today's guest is known for, Sasha Dwan. Um, I was delighted to chat with this guy. We chatted j- just before Christmas, actually, and it's always weird. I say this all the time, or I say it when it's true. It's always weird when it's someone you've not met before. I'm a fan of loads of his work. He's been in loads of amazing things, and we discuss a lot of them, but not all of them. But I don't know how we'll connect or if we'll hit it off. And man, I just adored this dude. At the end, after we stopped recording, I very sincerely made sure that that, that Sasha knows to reach out if I can ever help with anything. Because you'll hear from this conversation. We get straight into it. This is like those, you know, when Distraction Pieces started, I got a lot of love for how instantly relaxed and instantly comfortable my guests and I were to talk about the heavier subjects. And we jumped straight there, you know, despite not having met before. Um, so, yeah, it's a great one. There's there's also, there's one thing right at the end that I was, I'm in an erring about, about asking about, essentially. Because time was running out and it had all gone well. And it, it, it's a weird question or, or a weird r- role to be asked about. But I was so glad I did because it came... Yeah, it, it it bore fruit. There was a wonderful story or two that came out of it right at the end. So yeah, stick around. I promise you it's worthwhile. And I'll be back at the end to have a bit of a chat with you. So for now, this is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 362 with Sasha Duan. my headphones i don't know why they just disconnect from zoom and i have to try and reconnect them again it's so weird i mean i've got them plugged in sometimes it just weirdly does that for some strange as long reason. as it's all working at the moment i'm sure we'll yeah. f- f- figure, figure it out, out. I, was, I was saying the other day i had um mayana burring on and um i was saying how i had one where i'd done three that day and for some reason i couldn't get my headphones to work and then i and i didn't think it was a problem my end I thought it was a problem the other person's end. And when I realised it was a guest that I didn't know well enough to comfortably admit it was me. So I just kind of went, oh, it's working now. And I went, oh, did you do something? Like, oh, I don't know, really. Um, just... Yeah, I've, I've done that many a times as well. Oh, so shit. I was just too embarrassed. Well, I, think uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it might be something you're run, actually. Oh, <laughs> click, click, click. Oh, it's working. That's really weird. Sold itself. But yeah, if any headphone <laughs> dropouts happen, just feel free to, to wave at me or anything and, and, we'll, uh, and we'll continue on. But I should mention, yeah. I'm here with Sasha Duan. Um, I feel I should mention that we're recording this in December and it's going to come out in January. And the reason I mention that is. 2020 has been both the fastest moving and slowest moving year that I can yeah. remember. So it feels like so much could change between now and then. But with that in mind, how are you, man? How are uh, you within yourself? Are you good? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm feeling really good. I mean, a lot of people ask me this as well, but I guess we're still in it. So it's yeah. still going to take time to process because this still feels a lot, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So I'm taking each week as it comes. But yeah, I feel 
that it, the, the time for me has been well needed. I've made loads of discoveries that I'm still trying to process, but I, f- I feel different actually. Yeah. I feel much more c- connected with myself as cheesy as that sounds. No, no, I completely understand. And again, I've, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but I think this industry, the, the acting and entertainment industry is one that doesn't really acknowledge the need for time off or for breaks or for family or for, or for anything else. Cause because everyone is essentially self-employed, so you're always scared that if I don't accept this, the whole thing's g- going to be gone. So I think for a lot yeah. of people, just mentally, the forcing to take the break and the fact that no one else can take the jobs from you because the jobs aren't there, so you don't have to yeah. be sitting there going, well, I've not turned anything down, but what sh- should I be doing? Where should I yeah. be You know, hustling? I think it's been a really positive thing. Yeah, you, and also that feeling of... <clears throat> sometimes you feel guilty because you're like oh my attention should be focused on on acting because something could come up and actually having that taken away from you where you didn't have to do any self-tapes everything everyone was in the same position so not feeling guilty allowed me to focus my attention on other things and actually things that I I feel are more important life yeah. basically i've always been dictated by the industry yeah uh, and i've realized it's an unhealthy balance but yet it's very difficult to detach yourself from it and until you're forced to which this time did yeah yeah it, it it really is it's such a weird one that i've articulated that stuff many times yet i've still found myself in points where i'm just doing job after job and not taking a breather. it's like i know what i should be doing and again i think that's the way with so many things in life and mental health, it's often easier to advise others than it is to take your own advice. It's easier to say, look, you need to take a breather. You need to speak to people if you're struggling and all this. And then when it comes to yeah. you, you're like, no, I'm fine. I'll deal with yeah. it. So what? Be- take your own advice. <laughs> yeah, because uh, God, I'm s- certainly been on that journey because a couple of years ago, I said to myself, I need to face my anxiety I need to do something about it and I kind of started doing it and and seeking help but not really confronting it in full form because I'd get distracted by work and that was quite comforting for me I'd go oh I'll just I'll I'll do it another time and actually I needed the time to to be consistent especially when it comes to mental health you really need the time to to sit in it a little bit, even though it's uncomfortable. And actually yeah. when you sit in that uncomfortability and accept that, it's amazing what comes out of it from, from then on. Yeah. Um, but, but like I said, work has been, you know, a, a, a distraction for me. Like I remember I just got cast in Doctor Who as the master, but actually that was the time when I'd said to myself, I am going to stop for a bit. Yeah, but uh, you can't I, stop when you get you, cast in Doctor Who. You, you can't, can't go, actually, I'm going yeah. to hold on that. No, this exactly. iconic series, huge yeah. opportunity. And it was really scary <laughs> because, you know, you get the call from your agent and when you get told, hey, you've got the job and it's it's a life-changing opportunity and, and you're like, oh, I should be jumping up and down and celebrating. But I remember putting the phone down and feeling really sad because I was like, I know I'm going to go through a lot of anxiety on this that I've not wow. quite confronted. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I got the call, I was doing a play reading with Peter Capaldi. Wow, yeah. But what was hard is I couldn't tell him anything. Right. about Because it's top secret, but I really wanted to kind of go, am I going to be okay? Is yeah. it, you know, is it... Because I know it's a lot of pressure on that job. And before I knew it, two weeks later, I, I was in South Africa uh about to kind of start my first scenes and the anxiety hit like it normally does it was really right. really difficult but amazingly the job was was brilliant because i was surrounded by just so many brilliant people and it felt like the environment was very nurturing so it, it kind of got me through it but also it kind of just put a temporary plaster on my mental health yeah and i was like oh okay well i'll just deal with it another time so you know, like we were talking about, I'm so glad in a way that I've had this lockdown to to process all of that. And I'm, I've now started filming again on something else, but I feel slightly different. 
You yeah. know, I'm going on set and I'd easily slip into, as we all do, we put masks on. Hey, everything's all right. You know, you'd yeah. be the entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice role to adopt. And it's so nice not doing that anymore. And yeah. actually going, you don't have to do that. You can just just sit back a little bit, be the observer. It's it's okay. And and that's nice. It's still a bit raw for me because I'm still finding my way through it. But yeah. it's just definitely a step in the right direction. More so because I feel like I've got my my priorities are in the right place. I'm not now not revolving everything around being an actor. And like you said, you rightly mentioned is that that it seems that the industry dictates us a little bit. Yeah. And it it doesn't have to be like that. And actually it's amazing how many opportunities open up when you don't, do you know what I mean? When you don't be uh, uh, dictated by it, even though you're conditioned to think that's the way it operates. If you constantly chase it, you're yeah. going to get more opportunity. Actually, I've I've realised the the reverse happens slightly. I'm finding that. Yeah, completely. I love that. I did a course um, or a series of courses of acting courses a while back that were all focused on on movement psychology. And mm. the thing that blew me away was not only how much I learned for acting, but how much I learned about in my life and and <laughs> and and the acting I do day to day. As you said, that character you play when you're first on set is one of two characters you play. You play the one on camera and you play the one first on set. And it, it made me realise like, my favourite character I've ever played and played regularly is Pip in castings. Hmm. Like, I genuinely enjoy that person because I'm so... I, 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 it is a, a security thing, but it, I'm so much more chatty and open and warm. And it's a character I enjoy. It's playing a me that I wish I was in a way. So it's it's a fascinating thing thing to have that and realize that it's like right i'm playing characters all the time i'm just yeah and the industry well actually being being on set it really it it can easily become quite comfortable you know when you're getting your tea made for you you're getting treated in a certain way it gives you this false sense of confidence and i found that that became a high that i was constantly chasing rather than focusing my attention on the stuff that really matters in terms of healing and repairing myself yeah. you know, it's very easy I mean for so many years it's felt like the acting for me has become a little bit of an escapism yeah and I I really seek comfort in that uh, and it stops me from you know com- confronting real truths which yeah. lockdown has has slowly allowed me to do and, and I won't lie it has been uncomfortable at times but it, it, it's 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 had to happen at some point I wonder if yeah. it would have happened actually if, if lockdown didn't. Maybe I'd just be like still chasing because that's what I was doing be- at the beginning of lockdown. I was just trying to chase the next high. I need to work. I need to I need to be doing something. Yeah. And then I, I was forced to stop actually and kind of go shit. What do I What do I do now? It's going to be a case n- now of keeping that at the forefront of your mind and not slipping back into those old 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 habits. I I found already like there was a chunk in lockdown where my agents must have been so happy because they didn't have to put up with my constant emails of <laughs> I've heard about this project um any chance anyone you can talk to because again I'm b- before moving from music into acting I've been a massive tv and film nerd for, for ages lo- lo- like there's loads of your projects I want to g- g- get around to talking about because I've enjoyed s- so many of them but it means that particularly on my Sundays, I'll have a bit of an IMDb wormhole and I'll be going down and looking at this producer or looking at this person and going, oh, they're working on that next. And there was a point that every Sunday my agents were getting emails from me going, how about this? How about this? How about this? And lockdown paused all of that because of mm-hmm. of, of there weren't projects. And now, now I'm also, I'm back filming, I'm shooting something. And there's been a few times I've gone to send an email and I've gone, hang on, relax. I'm on a job at the moment. I'm on it for another like four months. So why am I constantly yeah. on that hunt of what's next? Enjoy what you're doing now. Yeah. Take a breather. It realize how lucky you are to be working at a time like this and yeah. and relax a bit. So yeah, I've been consciously kind of going, right, learn from what lockdown taught you and don't just go again, as we said, talk about it during lockdown and then as soon as it's over, go back to the old ways and go, Well, yeah. you know, that was that was emotional, but here we are back again. Well, it's good what you mentioned. It's 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 not like those kind of habits or conditioned behaviour is 
is going to go away, but the act of checking in with yourself and go, oh, yeah. just just stop. Like I said, like sometimes I'll I'll slip into the entertainer. Oh, I need to I need to be funny. I need to be act like I'm all, everything's great and I'm really happy. You know what what actors are like when we're all together? Who's yeah. who's the funniest in the room? Who's got the best anecdote? Yeah, and it's amazing that on set I've slipped into that occasionally. I've literally gone a, a voice in my head's gone. Save the energy. You don't have to do that. Well, yeah. just stop now. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. <laughs> and, and, and it's nice. It's it's a nice feeling to have that I'm still uh, navigating. But I won't lie, because in lockdown and, and, you know, getting the help that I needed, I won't lie, I, I did that finally. And it was quite scary because those men aren't great about talking about these things. But it did dredge up everything to the surface, which was which was uncomfortable. You know, you were kind of like, oh, have I opened um, a can of worms here? Um, but now, you know, you dredge all of that up in order to kind of deal with it and understand it. And, and then things start settling a little bit, but I was worried at a certain point. I was like, Oh, am I going to lose something here as an actor? Maybe I I need to use all of this, but it just shows how much I've just revolved everything around striving to be the best, striving to be the most successful at what I do. And then I've also questioned which is really fascinating. Is it something to do with, you know, being South Asian as well and the amount of pressure we've been conditioned to put on ourselves? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not just my success. I feel like sometimes the pressure that I put on myself is the success of my community. I'm doing yeah. it for the community. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't always have to be the case. Do you know what I mean? It's no, like, chill not out. not at all. You know? it's, it's such a strange and... And unique thing to 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 British Asians or American Asians and certain things like that because it is such a. I was talking to um, Raul Coley about it, and he was saying how he's again he was he's like I'm born in London, I'm I'm British, but if I was still in in Asia and I was doing Bollywood or something like that, that, there wouldn't be that pressure. But because I'm here doing something that is outside of that you get this amazing support, but it is also, again, it's acknowledging that these things are also a pressure that you never asked for, that you were born into as such. You were born with this pressure. It's like, I didn't ask to represent anyone. I'm trying to represent me. And in fact, I'm not even trying to represent me. I'm trying to represent these characters on screen. Yeah. There's three layers of, of extra people I'm representing. It, it is, and, and and you know, myself, this... my family, and my community. It's like, damn, yeah. I, I just yeah. wanted to be that guy. This is yeah. what I'm trying to be. And and what's been nice? I mean, I, I've been striving to do this for the last couple of years, but especially during lockdown, is to really understand what my story is. I yeah. feel like for so many years, I've I've been trying to fit in one camp or the other you know, not feeling brown enough, not feeling white enough. And that's yeah. kind of where my energy has laid as opposed to going, wait, wait, what's, what, what is my story? And actually it's okay to be the best of both yeah. and, and, and celebrating that. Um, and it's amazing. No wonder I suffered from so much anxiety because I, the, like I said, the, the pressure that you put on yourself and you start to lose a sense of who you are. Like the amount of times I've constantly used my parents' story as if it was my own because I d- I've never really had the time to really think about what it means to be British Indian. And that's because I'm in an industry where I- I'm not always surrounded by people like me. Yeah. Uh, so you're almost conditioned to s- suppress a really integral part of yourself. Yeah. And to add to that, it's felt like what I've had to understand, especially during lockdown, is that my parents were born in a different country. They came over here to the UK as outsiders at a time when the UK was in, in, incredibly racist. And they've almost been conditioned to suppress their stories, keep it yeah. behind closed doors. Yeah. And that has kind of bled into the next generation, me, to not celebrate being different um, and, and therefore like I said, I've had to suppress a, a, a huge part of my identity. Yeah. And only now I'm starting to connect with that and, and celebrate it and be proud of it and, and own my space a little bit. I feel yeah. like 
as a result, I've always gone into jobs, always being so darn grateful and almost apologetic all the time because of the fear, very much like my parents, like I could just be kicked out at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I, I don't, I don't want to be doing that anymore because I've, I've worked in the industry for so many years now. I've done an, a, a great amount of work and I was born here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got yeah. just amount is that everyone else. I've just got to yeah. start owning that and believing in myself a little more yeah. and, and realizing that and sitting with that and celebrating that has given me not only, a, not, not only a, a sense of empowerment, but a feeling of confidence that I've, I've never had before, especially when I've got gone back onto set again, I'm holding myself slightly different. I know? love that. That's beautiful yeah. to hear as well. Um, what was your up- upbringing like? Was home life v- very different to public life as such, school life, outside of home life? Because again, that seems to be particularly from kind of the 70s till the 90s, I guess, really. It's quite a common thing with black, Asian, all these other communities that had were of first generation kind of uh, um, immigration, it, it seemed to be that there was a lot of that kind of like we we can be ourselves behind closed doors, but when we go yeah. out there, we need to be as close to them as possible, kind of thing, yeah. which is bizarre. Was that what you experienced? Or? A, a bit, a, a bit of kind of us and them, yeah, really, yeah. But what's interesting here is that behind closed doors. We were like, people assume on the outside, you know, they kind of go, what did your parents think about you doing what you, you know, doing what you do as, a, yeah. as an actor? And actually they, they couldn't have encouraged me more. <laughs> I think I kind of blame them for me being an actor because they really instilled <laughs> the arts in us because yeah. I think they were brought up into an environment where they couldn't really do those kinds of things. So when when I talk about the arts, like my dad is the biggest Elvis fan. My mum sings. Uh, She loves acting. They they, they just get a real sense of enjoyment in it. Like, like they were, they're almost like when they're kids again, when they sing. Yeah. Uh, And almost like life got in the way slightly and distracted them. So they kind of passed that down to us. They would always get me and my siblings to sing, to dance, to perform, to entertain, like I do Michael Jackson performances. But as a result of that, it really opened up something in me because I I just got a real sense of enjoyment from it and went, this is actually what I really, really want to do. And my mum couldn't have been more supportive about it. I think my dad was a little weary, like most parents are, because they're like, oh, is this going to... Are you going to really make a career out of this? Are you going to be able to work? So even when I was getting jobs, my dad was still a little bit hesitant. He was like, oh, maybe it's it's luck. Oh, but oh, as, oh, Where did you grow up? Because in, again, in, I think there's different yeah, areas that really don't have this as a, this isn't a viable thing. It's not seen as a viable thing. I know where yeah. I, I was in Essex, it wasn't seen as a viable thing. And obviously well, a lot of the North and yeah. Yeah, because I was I was born in Stockport. Yeah. So regardless of me coming from a South Asian community, there just wasn't yeah, yeah. really young kids doing this kind of thing. I, yeah. You know, being in school and on TV at a young age was quite interesting. Yeah. You know, people uh, either really loved you and you were popular and, or some people really hated you because you were suddenly getting a lot of attention that you didn't want. Yeah, of course. But over time, I think what was brilliant is my parents, even though they were really excited about the idea of me going on set and you were on TV, they also got to see the business side and actually how hard it was. Like I'd worked a lot as a kid and then I had a period of two years where I just couldn't get any work at all. And I really lost faith in the industry and also in myself. And that was when I realised just kind of how remarkable having the support of both parents was because they never once were like, oh, you should just pack this in. I told you, they never said that. They're like, it's going it's, to, we believe in you and it's, it's going to get better. And luckily it did, you know, things yeah. around 18, 19, I got a big break in a, in the history boys. And it, yes, it, of course. it completely reignited everything again. Um, and things have kind of progressively, you know, gone up <laughs> you know, still with its ups and downs, which in hindsight, I'm incredibly grateful for. And it goes back to 
you know, even with the feelings of anxiety and my mental health, it's been hard. But in a way, I'm really glad it's happened because it's made me confront things yeah. and grow stronger as a person as and as an artist. I'm already feeling like that already. It's already opening so many different doors aside from acting that I never thought would have happened. I love that. And I think these stories are so important to get out there. Um, when I had St- Stephen Graham on here and Sophia Batella, both of them told stories of we'd finished talking about a film that I adored of theirs and then they spoke about having two years of getting nothing. And it's mind-blowing because you're like, right, that wasn't like, particularly with This Is England, that was an iconic film and <laughs> performance. And Stevie didn't work for 18 months or so. And that's so important to hear because I, I had this job I'm on now. or I've just had three jobs in a row, which seems amazing and I'm lucky for. But before that, it was at least 18 months in between jobs. And it was exactly the same. It was that kind of, at no point, because I'd heard these stories, at no point did I go, well, is that it then? I've given this Ooh. a try. I'm kind of, I was still kind of new to it. It had gone well at first, but maybe I'm not right for it. Instead, it was like, right, no, just keep learning, keep practising, keep auditioning, keep doing self-tapes, all of these things. Mm. And then it comes back around. So I think it's really important to get those stories out there that it's an industry that so much is out of your control <laughs> and you need to just embrace that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if if you're not working, let yourself know. It's not because you're shit. It's just out of your control. It's just yeah. a thing that's out of your control. Whereas in a lot of other industries, if things dry up, it might be because you're not as good as you thought you were or there's people who are better or whatever else. It's not the case in this one, man. It's l- no, literally it's- just sometimes that's just how it goes. It depends what happened to be written that that year and so on and so forth. I also feel in those down periods is where you do the most learning. Yeah. Do you know 100%. what I mean? Replenishing, as it were. And I always kind of say to, I always say to myself as well, it's easy in, in the down times to just focus your energy on trying to get the next gig and, and worrying, yeah. you know, get, going on IMDb, oh, so-and-so's book that job. And actually it's time when you can really spend on on either learning your craft or doing something completely different by just maybe focusing on yourself, reconnecting yeah. with your family and friends, um, just taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Because I felt like not only does it you know, make you a better artist, but I feel like when you put your attention on something else, the industry has a very clever way of, of getting you back in. Something yeah. happens, you know, yeah. it's just kind of yeah. unlocking yeah. yourself, finding time to unlock yourself a little bit. Yeah. And I won't lie again, you know, it's hard to do. And the amount of times in those down periods where I've just spent going, no, I've got to focus on the next job or I'm not good enough. I need to yeah. putting way too much pressure on myself. And then I go into an audition after like three months and I am a nervous wreck. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I come yeah. in like windswept because you, yeah. you don't need to get this gig. And, you know, and I'm trying to now kind of go, how important is it really? Y- yes, it is. But it's the entertainment industry. We're not trying to find a cure for cancer yeah. here. I have to keep... Rem- I mean, a casting director Completely. reminded me of that, actually, because oh, I, really? I remember I'd got a gig that I'd worked so hard to to finally get, and uh, I was told that in the table read, you know, just if you can dress as your character a little bit, because they just want to double-check that you are right for this. And I rang the casting director, and I was like, oh, you know, you know, hope it's going to be okay. And she actually said to me, so what if they don't? Yeah. Who cares? Go yeah. and enjoy it. We, you know, we're not we're not trying to find a cure. For, that's what you said. We're yeah. not trying to find a cure for cancer here. Yeah. Who, who gives a shit? Yeah, and actually, completely. it unlocked me a little bit. And I went into that table read, and I enjoyed myself. And it yeah. worked. I, 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 they, they loved it. So it's interesting sometimes, if you just try and change the narrative slightly, because it's easy to fit into that kind of conditioned behaviour and think, oh, that's the way of doing things. Completely. Seriously. I completely agree. I've... I've, I've only recently developed the kind of outlook of right I do the work you know I do the work on the character and the script and then I have kind of a cut-off point and it's like now just go and enjoy it do you know what I mean because because when you're doing that work you do beat yourself up a bit and you do have to go well is this right for the character and you do have to get serious and dramatic but then there has to be a cut-off point where you go now right you've done that now just go and enjoy it it's I've, I've I've used the the saying a few times now but originally these what what everything we're doing on TV and film, it was all just called plays. It's a play. You're playing. That's the point. You're meant to go and play. You're not, as I said, you're not curing cancer, not anything else. You're going and playing. Art is 
I believe art is incredibly important. I'm not downplaying that at all, but you're meant to be going and enjoying yourself. So yeah, yeah. remove well, a bit you, of that pressure. Well, you, you said something really interesting, which I'm, you know, I'm trying to reconnect with again is, is enjoyment and playing. Cause you know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is when I was like 12 or 13 is that I would really enjoy what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I still do, but I put a lot of pressure on myself and I really beat myself up about scenes, but I just, I, I want to try and reconnect with that feeling of enjoying it and just enjoy being on set and letting go of what you've just done. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm also, cause I do a lot of prep on scripts and stuff, which is great. And it makes me feel like, oh, I'm really, I'm really I'm getting into this. And there's something kind of, kind of sadistic of almost, like sounds really silly but punishing yourself in a way to kind of go yeah i need to feel the pain so i know that i've really (laughs) um and now i'm finding this really lovely thing when i was talking about reconnecting of i do all the prep uh and learn the lines and whatever but now i do this thing where i don't look at the schedule so i don't know what i'm filming that week yeah i just literally turn up on the day and trust that the work is there. And I was like, you say, you were talking before about Love letting it, it go. Yeah. And I literally, and on the car there, I go, all oh, right, we're doing that scene. I don't even look at what scenes we're doing later. I just focus on that scene. All oh, right, we're doing that scene. Great. And, and weirdly, I've noticed that when I'm on set, I make more new discoveries. I seem yeah. to enjoy the process and I've almost stopped me getting in the way of it. And it makes me much more instinctive. Completely. Yeah. Because you've got you've got to prep, but you've also got to leave room for, like I said, discovery. And it's amazing in those moments of discovery when you literally are just just l- let go. It's like you're just stepping yeah. off the cliff. What, it's, what it's, happens in those moments is quite beautiful. It's, it's remembering it's not a monologue either, <laughs> yeah. unless it is. Obviously, if it is, then go ahead. But again, there's only so much that you can do on your own in a room in prep. If you've got too stuck to what you want to do, then you're not going to read what the person opposite you is doing or everyone else in the scene is doing. And that's absolutely key to it. If you're going in too strict on, well, at this point I have to do this in this way. It's like, no, that's not, that's not right anymore. No. And, and the simple enjoyment, like you said, is just connecting with another human being in a scene is, is kind of really what lifts the performance onto a new level. It's what my fellow actor or you are giving me in that scene is and feeding off that is really what uh, breathes it into life. Um, But I've started to, like I said, just not allowing that to happen because there's a fear. It's where the anxiety stems from that by doing that, I'm going to mess up or it's going to go wrong. But even if it goes wrong, so what? Because sometimes in that something amazing can happen. And if not, you just have another stab at it, doing it, doing it again. But I'd seriously got into a place where I was like, I can't even mess up a take. That's what was happening with me. That there was a huge amount of pressure. Like I've got to get it right. I've got it. And actually I would start getting it wrong then because it was just, everything was just so tight. Uh, And it wasn't letting, you know, instinct and other people's performances i wasn't allowing space for that to kind of come to fruition i i I hate terms like flow state but you need to be in that kind of flow state where you're not just that rigid and strict on here's what i have to do because then you you will mess up i always remember it from uh, when i used to do music and performing live the best performances i'd get to the end and i'd hardly remember any of it because i was just going along with it. I wasn't thinking at this point, do this. I was just flowing with it. I knew that I knew all the words. The yeah. second I started to think about or start overthinking things, I'd be like, oh shit, what verse are we on? What line are we on? What's going on here? Because it's, yeah. yeah. But you, it's getting you, too inside right. yourself. If, I, I totally agree with that. If you don't remember the take, it's the one, you yeah. know, it was because it was yeah. you, you've just gone <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm starting to find that again. And that's a little scary, just kind of, you know, like I said, you go in the car and you're like, oh God, here's the scene we're doing today. But I've started to realise... I love you know, it. I mean, it sounds I, terrifying, I just, but I love it. it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I come out of the other end of it and I'm like, well, you can't, you're okay, Sash. It's yeah. a, you, you're getting yeah. through it. And even if it, it goes wrong in a take, I don't, I'm not beating myself up as much. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's nice because I'm, I'm, 
with everything that's happened, I'm now going, oh, there, there's that young 13-year-old kid who used to run up on set and be like shaking hands with the crew, hugging them and dancing around. I'm like, I just want to find that again. Even when scenes can be incredibly tense sometimes, we don't don't have to punish ourselves. Yeah, completely. There's there's two things I want to... that you've said that have jumped out to me. One that the the feeding off the energy of your of your of your fellow actor, and the other is the reserving a bit of energy from from when you're just waiting in 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 in, in the actor's area or, or whatever. Um, and I want to talk about them with respect to. I've been watching The Great recently, and I'm loving it. I think it's amazing, and I've been studying Orlo so much because I think you, you, your performance there. There's so much, there has to be so much restraint because everyone is playing such big characters so beautifully. Like Nicholas Holt, it's one of my favourite performances I've seen in ages because it's so big and so, there's so many absolutely horrific characters that are so much fun to watch being absolutely horrific, if you know what I mean. Like most of the people in this show are horrible, like really deplorable, like bad people, but they're wonderfully so. Um, And you have to play so much more introverted and and mm. again there must have been the temptation there to go yeah let's play really big and really over the top because everyone else is was that a, a conscious thing to have to go right don't get caught up in the energy of everyone else it, r- revel in the awkwardness of Orlo not b- being on their energy level or on their on their on their plane yeah because uh, initially I wanted to play the character as um, completely straight, as if I was playing a drama. Yeah. But it's easy when you're on set and you're seeing these, you know, the characters that are more comical, you know, and they're getting the laughs and they get to to kind of get in your head about it and go, oh, well, I need to kind of push a little more. I need to try and... And actually, it it was when I felt it didn't quite work for the character. And there's something really beautiful about him just being uh, grounded and honest and truthful in it because in a way with all this chaos I feel like Orlo represents the Russian people yeah yeah do you know what I mean we can't the real really, Russian people that, that the no one else Russian in the room knows what they yeah, are the pe- who they the are the people who exist outside the palace you yeah know, who exactly are suffering yeah and so it it was really important that even though you've got these larger than life characters and it's funny, we can't forget that the stakes are high. There's there's a serious thing going on here, and mm. the world needs to change. And I I really get a pleasure in that. And I also realise because I get my you know you get these kind of comedy bits here and there, but I don't really like to think of it as that I just play everything as honest as possible. And I think if you do that, it lands. And I think that's what people have have picked up on. It's not your job. It's not your job to find the jokes. It's the scriptwriter's job to find the jokes. You you find the character and then the cameraman, the scriptwriter, the director, the editor, they find the gag. And that's what Tony, the Tony McNamara, the writer is always saying to us is don't try and be, clever with it or try and be larger than life or try and be just play the and that's across the the the, all the characters is just play the truth and it 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 will do what it needs to do and and that's what i love about the tone of the great as well it's it's a really it's a really nice joy to play because i can play it like a drama and 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 the character fits really well in that I, i think the thing that i was really hooked on and why i really enjoyed playing the character is it felt like he was very introverted, but was on the cusp of something. Like just underneath all that neurotic anxiety was 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 the heart of a lion that was yeah. roaring to. And I knew eventually there was going to be a switch that happened. But it's a, it's a really nice joy to play because I, I know a lot of people will empathise with that character who's constantly being pushed, shoved underestimated and suddenly he's meeting this young woman who's basically going do it you can you've got it in you to 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 roar to scream to show your frustration and we're going to do it together and that is that's really empowering for me and something that i've always held on to when i'm playing the character i i I love that i should mention that that the the show is about catherine the great but it's kind of 
it's kind of what I love about it is it's her journey to becoming the great as such. It's, it starts as Catherine, the kind of inconsequential, um, and then gradually builds up and, and that is the, is the journey that we're f- f- following. But yeah, I, I really like exactly as you said there, like everyone's performances, the script and the dialogue is huge and outrageous, but none of the characters are aware. It's, even slightly preposterous. It's you know, I mean, it's not played like that because, yeah. again, particularly at that point in in Russia, in fact, in all aristocracy at that point around the world, they're not in touch with reality at all. I don't know why I'm yeah. even saying at that point in at current times. Um, so, so there is <laughs> yeah. that kind of. It's like it can be the most outlandish, outrageous stuff. Yet they're like, well, no, that's that's normal. That's that's how we live. It's yeah. not how others live. So, yeah, that must have been a lot of fun to play with. Yeah, I think what's also really refreshing is, you know, initially I found out this was a show about Catherine the Great and you kind of get, oh, I need to swat up on on the history and everything. But what's so brilliant about Tony McNamara is he's almost respecting the period and the history whilst also throwing it out the window at the same time. And it creates this really lovely tone where he doesn't want you to get bogged down by the history. I'm not playing a uh, a historical character. Actually, none of us are in a certain way. And that includes Ellen Nick as well. So you get a complete ownership of it. So yes, it's about Catherine the Great, but really... For me, it's about a young woman who marries badly and then decides to like kill her husband. Yeah, yeah. And she's surrounded by an array of really interesting characters. So yes, it's it's set in a period world, but it feels very contemporary in a way. But not too contemporary where it gets silly. Yeah. It, it it still feels very uh specific and like i said that the stakes are high there's drama in there yeah. so for the actor it's really interesting to play because you do get to play some kind of funny scenes but and also you get to play some scenes with real heart and depth and that's when you really start to see the complexities of the character and that's it's really interesting for me i love it i, I think i'm a big big believer in dramas or comedies or whatever don't aren't and don't have to be documentaries like they should be they should be taking some license and having some fun and going in some directions rather than going here's exactly what happened particularly when you're going as far back when it's kind of going to be vague anyway (laughs) like the version of history that we have is one person the person who happened to write it down it's like yeah that could be that could be bullshit too I, i understand it more if it's a modern thing that's happened recently but with all historical stuff it's like there has to be license because mm. we're finding out constantly that history isn't what we thought it was. And here's someone that we thought was good. Turns out yeah. was another slave owner and another, <laughs> you know, and, and, and this and that is like, no, that's, that should be, yeah. Allowed to be played with for the, the good of the story. It's not a documentary. At the end it of the isn't. Day. I think what's so interesting about it, about that time, actually, well, for me is just the relationships along the way. Yeah. That's what's really fascinating and and then tony puts his spin on it and it, and it just it just becomes interesting it really is and and, and unpredictable as well yeah. like people know the history of Catherine the great they knew that she become becomes Catherine the great but what, what tony creates along the way is quite unexpected at times even for me because he, he doesn't mind telling you what's going to happen, but it's always constantly changing as well. Yeah. Um, so I like to go into it not knowing. Yeah. Uh, and so things are genuinely a, a surprise for me to play. And uh, it also stops me from overcomplicating things or trying to be smart with it. I can just play things moment to moment and be as yeah. present as possible. And, it, and it, it works really nicely, especially with that tone. Because... I tell you what I really get a joy in playing is I was a bit nervous about coming into a world that's period because you don't really see actors like me in that playing these types of characters. But I get to kind of play the period, but I also get to flip it on its head slightly. So when I say that, I get to throw the etiquette out the window a little bit, the way I sit on a chair or the way I move, or I might flick a finger, like (laughs) a middle finger at someone in a scene. 
you, you get to do that in in this world yeah. and it has its own language it's just it, yes it's based on history but it is very much its own world and world of characters as well and it it's it's really fascinating when you see that kind of tone just land in scenes without it going too far the other way yeah it's it's quite special it's really nice there was, was, was something in the episode i was watching last night and i can't place it but ellie said something or Catherine said something that was just on that verge of it's like that's clearly not a phrase from that period <laughs> but it was just enough to give you that kind of buzz and jump of it it's like oh this is fun like it, it wasn't enough to take you out of it and to ruin it but it was like that's that was a- beautifully done that's ex- that's exactly it, and I, re- yeah. I remember in the pilot where we were having a big ban- banquet in it, and they they were adamant like eat how you want to eat. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You yeah. don't have to eat properly. If you want to eat yeah. with your hands, do it. If you want to just just yeah, do yeah. ownership of it, uh, and and that's kind of sat with me all the way through but like you yeah. said you, you I always kind of have to check in with myself to make sure I'm not pushing it too much and even if you do you'd be you'd be reminded to pull it back eat how you want to eat is a great mantra for a show like that just just yeah. just for, for, for going throughout yeah. in your performance that yeah yeah it's it totally is but going back to what you were saying initially it's not letting your head get in the way and going oh i've got to try and be funny i've got to try and yeah. be the one that gets all the laughs and stuff i think if you just go into it with a place of truth and honesty which is what i strive to do in everything that i do even if i'm playing an extreme character i was trying always check in with myself all the time and go am i showing off here or is this genuinely coming from a truth an honest place yeah and i think if i do that it, it just lands i'm like yeah. oh, that, that feels right it works completely yeah. i had i had some directors on here recently who i'd worked with on a bbc sh- show a short while ago and they asked my kind of process of the of the character because at the table read my character got a lot of laughs and it was really hard i was put on the spot because it was exactly as you said it's like I just tried to find the truth of it and play it essentially <laughs> as if it was a drama. It's a it's a hilarious scene and situation, but I played it real. And I remember on that podcast, I just mumbled and fumbled so much to try and sound like an intelligent actor to go, well, <laughs> I like to look at, I like to approach each. It's like, no, that was exactly it. As you said, it's like, no, I just played what was on the page and forgot it was a comedy. Yeah. You know? And, and, and it lands it. when it needs to land. It does what it needs to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean... There's loads I want to talk about, so I'm going to move on quickly because we're running out of time. But um, I want to uh, 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 talk about Iron Fist because I'm a massive fan of all the Marvel films and particularly the Netflix collaborations. How was that one to get? Because that's an incredibly cool role to to get to play and a world to be part of, I guess. Yeah, it was... Wow, what an experience it was. Like... You know, you get these breakdowns, very small breakdowns or a scene or two from your agent. And you kind of gather it's for Marvel and it's for a new show they're doing for Netflix. Yeah. But you kind of go, oh, really? I'm really going to get this? Yeah. And they're going to cast a South Asian dude from Manchester for this part? Yeah, I'll give it a stab. <laughs> and I kind of put it out in the universe. Yeah, they came back and they were like, <laughs> you kind of you get a call out from the ether like they want to see you again and you're like okay so you do another tape then you do another tape and then before you know it you're you're flying out to new york to do a screen test and it was incredibly nerve-wracking but what was really nerve-wracking is i did the scene at the screen test and then they said oh actually before you go away our stunt coordinator wants to see your martial arts Bear in mind, I've never done a martial arts class in my right. life. Yeah. But, but you know, when the adrenaline's pumping and, you you know, you're in New York now and you've got a taste of it, you want to get it. Yeah. I remember being standing in front of the stunt coordinator and I was throwing shapes you'd never seen. <laughs> and I could see him going, oh, God, this guy hasn't done any martial arts. And yeah. I literally, I left the room and I was like, I-, I can't let this go. And I knocked back on his door again and I said, look, you know I can't do the martial arts. And he was like, yeah. And I said, but I promise you, if I get, if, if you kind of give me the go ahead, because I can act, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will, I'll go to classes, I'll learn. And he was like, nah, okay, whatever. And I left. 
but he did. He gave them the approval. I got the job. And that's when the training started. And I was terrified. I couldn't throw a kick or anything. Yeah. But it was one of those jobs where I felt like, what I'm, I'm like that. I'm slightly obsessive. And I, and, and I think once you know, you put your mind to something and kind of say, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn. Yes, it was hard. But over time, I started being able to learn it. I wasn't a professional by any means, but enough at a place where I was like, wow, I've really embodied this dude, not just with martial arts, but I realized that you don't have to be a big ass guy to play an an intimidating character you know you look at me now I mean I'm not not really that intimidating but it was the first time I I really was like I really I really enjoy playing different people and if I spend the time doing the work I I can slowly transform into them and and Iron Fist was a great opportunity to do that and um it was hard but I loved every minute of it especially when you're suddenly doing those big fight scenes and you're God, like, oh my God, I'm, I am able to learn the choreography <laughs> yeah, and you're moving in a certain way, you know? And it's it's like, shit, this is great. And, you f- and you're filming in New York as well was... Yeah, I was going to really, say, how was really that? Because again, I think the thing that the Netflix run of series all did was just show n- n- New York and that world so well. It felt so... You felt so b- b- buried in it. It didn't feel like this is a film set. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It felt well, like they've not told anyone, but they're now making this show, you know? Yeah. And, you know, New York is a big part of the Marvel comics. It's yeah. like a, a character in itself. Yeah. And y- y- you're right. It's not a film set. We film on location, you yeah. know, we're, we're, we're right in the heart of Manhattan and they close the streets off. And that was, mm-hmm. for me, was incredible because I'd visited New York as a kid you know, uh, on holidays, I'd never imagined in a million years that I'd be filming there. And I remember doing my opening shot at like 3am in the financial district. And it was like a low shot. They call it like the hero shot, you know, when they introduce a new character. And I remember the cameraman looking at me and going, this is the shot that you will never forget. And it's the shot that you'll, you'll tell your parents about. And I did, it was really special you know just as the smoke's coming out of the gutters you know all that and the smell it's just like you know it's being like a a young south asian actor as well you don't get to see actors in those types of roles so in a way i was like i'm doing this from like just all the people back home as well like going yeah yeah i want to be someone that people look up to and 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 respect and, and make it make it known that it is possible to be in those positions it can happen i you know i am um, on on a tv sh- a show i did a good few years back that we had this amazing swedish director and before every take he'd be like right okay let's make cinematic history and it was just so beautiful because it's like it just made you go fuck we are this is such an amazing thing to be doing and sh- shots like that are the ones that are going to have you go Man, this is cinema. This is te- yeah. like this is the stuff I've looked at and watched, and now I'm that person in it. And there's smoke uh, uh, coming out of the of of the ground, and and everything. Yeah, yeah. Getting that hero <laughs> shot, love it. But going, but going forward as well. It's <laughs> now I'm trying to remind myself when you're in it to yes, it's the times when it's hard, and you know the voices in your head that said, "Oh, you could have done that better." But it's it's trying to really enjoy it and be as present as possible. Because yeah. you're right, especially during this time, I'm very fortunate as an actor to be working and to be on a film set. Of course, um, you know I'm really lucky, and and just bearing everything that I've gone <clears> through and you know in mind, it's really giving me a sense of appreciation and, and, and enjoyment as opposed to looking back on it in hindsight and going, Oh, I wish I enjoyed that a little more. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Completely. Um, so, yeah. I love it. Well, I want to go back to the beginning of the year, which it seems like about three years ago now because of the year that we've had, but Dracula absolutely blew me away. I thought it was fantastic. It seemed to come out of nowhere. And your episode of that, I thought was just, wonderful just it all contained in this boat and just how was that to be part of obviously the cast of klaus bang yousef amazing dolly all just like really great people who are all just going to get bigger and bigger um Mm. how was that to be part of 
it's amazing. Like I've I've worked with um, Mark Gatiss, yes, um, for you know a couple of times now. So whenever I, I get a call from him about a project or an audition, I'm straight away. Yeah, I, it, I don't even have to think about it. I'm like I'm doing it because they just a the writing is always so good. I think yeah. because Mark is an actor himself, he knows how important it is to have a really tight script. Yeah. before you start shooting. So you're not getting a load of amendments through. He's very clear on what yeah. he wants. So straight away, that you know, the foundations are pretty solid. Yeah. And they also as soon bring as you're such... getting four or five new scripts, uh, new coloured scripts each week, you're like, oh man. Yeah, there's a how problem How am I keeping there. up on this? This is, <laughs> yeah. I want us to get it right, but yeah. maybe we should have taken that's... a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually like with, um, on the great as well, like Tony's scripts are really tight. He's, he really respects the craft. Like he yeah. knows that actors, you know, will, will do, will be able to um, do his work justice if they've got time to kind of sit with it. And that's the same with Mark as well. It's always been like that. Um, and then also uh, the, the, you know, Sue Virtue, Stephen Moffat, they, they just, they're a great production company and they bring on so many uh, brilliant people who are a really nice. And secondly, are, are, are so good at what they do. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I, I, I just love working on UK productions. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you know, the Marvel thing has a huge scale, but there's something when I work with a, U, a UK uh, crew, it's like I'm at home again. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, so working on Dracula was great. Uh, and the scale of that episode, they built a whole ship from scratch. Wow. That we we, we filmed on. And, it, and uh, it, yeah, it was such a joy and it was... And I'm really excited as well about, and I get to do this with Mark's uh, work, is I get to be different characters in different worlds. So I did Sherlock with him. I did an yes, adventure in space and time. Uh, I did uh, uh, Dracula, Tractate Mid-Earth. They're all very different. Yeah. Uh, and and Mark allows me the space to, to, to challenge myself and he always has done which is why I, I always work with him and, and Dracula again was a, another one of those projects again a character that I'd never really uh, played before and, and also I can have conversations with him beforehand about the character and so, yeah. um, we have a nice relationship which you can't always do sometimes with a writer you just kind of giving the script and then you've just got to turn up and hopefully it fits yeah, yeah of yeah. course it's always exciting to get a project where clearly the writer or showrunners or whoever just fucking love actors and and i get yeah. that from mark like it's clearly it's just he's excited to be going oh i can't wait for you to get this thing that i've written and and and, yeah. and bring it to life and do all this stuff to it and make it better than it was yeah. and all this you know totally i mean the, the guy is he's a genius really and he's always doing so much stuff and um he's also a really good director as well because I'd, I'd work with him uh on tractate mid-earth which he wrote and directed and he's just I guess because he's an actor, he's so generous and he, he really puts you at ease and also brings on the the right types of people that are going to be great with actors so they can do their best work. And that's something that's really important to me because you don't always get that sometimes. Yeah. It can make it quite tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, c c c completely. I completely feel what you were saying there where the worst thing is when you're just having to kind of turn up and hope they like what you do. Like you've prepared this character <laughs> and I've had that... Um, I got cast in something and it was the one thing I've been cast in without auditioning. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. I, I want, I want to show you what I want to do. Cause yeah. here's my idea for the character. It's terrifying to think that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, no, no, Mate, let's have a look at, here's, here's a tape. I, I, I sent some, some stuff in anyway, just to say, I know you didn't ask for anything, but I know I've already got the job, but here's what I want. So just put my own well, mind at rest. Well, with Doctor Who, um, I'd worked with Matt Strevens before on an adventure in space and time. So when they, they were interested in me playing the master, I definitely had to send them a self-tape. They didn't ask for it because I wanted to... <laughs> Yeah. Show at least them what I was planning on doing with the incarnation. Yeah. With the character. And I'm so glad I did because they they gave me some really interesting thoughts on, on what to do. I, I love collaborating in that way. Yeah. Um, I don't like to just be on my own with it. I love chatting to the writer because I always get nuggets of things that I may have never thought about. Um, 
that that stick and maybe give the character something else that I never never would have thought about. Um, so yeah, with the the master, I'm, I'm really glad that I did that because <laughs> I, I know they're like, whoa, okay, that's what you're planning on doing. Okay, have you thought maybe about <laughs> bringing <laughs> it do down this. a bit? Yeah. I love that. Well, I, I will wrap things up now. The one last thing I wanted to talk about the amount of people I've had on the podcast, actors, British actors who have had the kind of it feels like almost a workshop of coming through Casualty or Holby or EastEnders. And I was, I was looking through your IMDb and you were in an EastEnders spin-off TV <laughs> movie, um, Perfectly Frank, about Frank Butcher. <laughs> how, how, how was that? I was like, I, I always scroll through and expect to get to the bottom and find EastEnders Casualty. I was like, I don't even re- remember this this one-off TV movie, but that's... That's amazing. Frank Butcher was well, an iconic character at the time as well. Well, M- Mike Reed is yeah. an, an, is an yeah. himself is an iconic character, 100%. and um, I was really starstruck about meeting him, um, especially for the read through. There was a lot of anticipation because, like, uh, he was he was flying in from Spain, <laughs> and he was he was <laughs> of course he was, course and he was, was. delayed, and. Um, yeah, he just kind of rocked up late. And I remember he had these kind of uh, Vegas, Elvis Vegas glasses on. He kind of took them off. He's pretty proper sunburnt. You know what I mean? He's like, you know. Uh, and I was just totally in awe of him. And he just started cracking jokes, like inappropriate jokes as well. Yeah. And I, I was just <laughs> laughing, but because I was slightly starstruck. And he was looking at me and goes, What are you laughing at? What the fuck are you laughing at? As a joke. Um, and it was just. Um, yeah, it was such a joy, but actually it was one of the most nerve-wracking jobs because I hadn't worked for ages. I got this gig, you got this kind of script last minute, they shot pretty quickly. It was quite daunting, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think I do think of it fondly. It's such a random job as well. It's like a spin-off about Frank Buck. Completely. I wasn't <laughs> you know expecting I mean? to see it. I said I, I love doing these IMDB dives anyway, even if, if there's not a podcast. And this was one, I was like... Oh man, I need to bring that up. That need that needs yeah. to come up in conversation. I love you, it. You know, the premise of the story was Frank Butcher was opening up a strip club in Bristol of all places. That's <laughs> that's what the story was that's about. I was better. like, wow, some, some real drama in there. That's even um, better. Yeah. <laughs> I adore it. Well, I kind of close these things by asking what's ahead, and I always know that's a tough one for actors in general. Even tougher for actors with the industry where it is now so, so, so do you know what's ahead is there anything you can talk about or anything you'd like to talk about or any plans um season two of the the great is uh, is going to start soon which Fantastic. is i mean absolutely amazing but going back to this period of lockdown with everything that's kind of gone on with the kind of journey that i've been on i've always wanted to develop my own work and i know a yeah. lot of actors say that but I've, A, I've never really had the time to do it. But secondly, one of the reasons why I wanted to do it is just A, having a bit more control in terms of collaborating, but also I really want to be much more of an advocate when it comes to representation, yeah. not just in front of the screen, but behind the screen as well. And that 100%. comes from being on board of projects um, right at the beginning and actually getting it in your contract. So you get yeah. a say in it. Yeah. And also... It's allowing me to tell the stories that I, I want to tell that are culturally specific, but not just defined by race. So, you know, why can't we have a sci-fi that's led by two South Asian actors yeah, yeah. Um, and making sure that the crew and the writer are representative of real life? That's really important to me. So the reason I'm saying that is I've started developing stuff and I've got a project it's finally um, in development that I'm really excited about. I can't say too much about it at this stage, no, that's fine. but it, it's really slowly opening up doors to stuff that's beyond being an actor, which is kind of what we were, yeah. you know, talking about initially. Yeah. Uh, with so with all the kind of struggles that I've had with my anxiety, actually talking about it and also talking about it with you as well empowers me to be blessed with new opportunities, but also just to kind of take take myself out of my comfort zone, which I, n- I never, never would have expected, actually, prior to going into lockdown. Yeah. I think I would have just been on the treadmill as, as an actor, just trying to get my next gig, as opposed to 
just sitting with, with myself a little bit. And when you do, it's amazing what, what comes out of that, even though it's uncomfortable at times. Yeah, completely. Well, I love that. I'm excited to see see what's ahead. Um, and thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute, it's f- literally flown by. It feels like we've yeah, covered about half of what we were going to talk about, but it's, it's amazing. So thank you very much. No, thank you as well, mate. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Sasha Dwan. Wasn't that a wonderful conversation? Honestly, but he's, he's such a good actor that I didn't know how he would be as a person because he's played such a variation of characters and I've enjoyed him in such a variation of characters. I didn't know how he'd be as a person and he surprised me. And I mean that in the best possible way because it was, yeah... As you will have heard, I really enjoyed that conversation. And to be honest, it was at a time where I'd had a lot of isolation. <laughs> I hadn't, through through correct protocols, I hadn't really been able to talk to anyone much. And I couldn't have been more pleased to have this be the person I, I got to talk to in that moment. So yeah, there we go. Obviously, as ever, you can head over to patreon.com slash pip if you want to support the podcast. It's only a dollar a month. There's a load of video versions of the podcasts over there. I put 12 up in December. Or you can head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com where you can get all of the the merch for the podcast, my record label, my music. Everything I've done is all over there. The Distraction Pieces podcast book is over there. The Times best-selling Distraction Pieces podcast book is over there. So, um, yeah, you could probably do with something to read at the moment. So I'd give that a recommendation. Um, All right, I'll be back next week. Until then, stay as safe and as sane and as sexy as you can. All right, bye-bye.